Yeah. If that person yeah. could no longer be part of your team, what would go missing as a result of that? And a lot of the mm -hmm. time at early stage startups, people intentionally become bus people because there's a lot of um, volatility and they want to be needed in the company. And a lot of the time there's mm -hmm. broken leadership structures and people don't get great feedback, so they don't know if they're sure. doing a good job. So as a result of that, they hoard information in order to be valuable. And I think that's there's a fundamental breakdown in, in leadership and in communication when people start to feel like they need to do that for job security. Um, so we're constantly coaching kind of founders away from, you know, the, the siloing of early stage employees and giving good feedback so that people feel validated, so that they feel like they can share and that they're not co in competition with their colleagues. The pursuit of, of excellence is something we're all striving towards. I want you to focus on what you do best. You need to have an approval. How many approvals? What are the steps? It's really about listening. If it's not documented, it's, it's not done. Thanks for tuning into In Systems We Trust, the show where we dive into all things systems and processes and hear from the professionals that are using them to change the landscape of their organizations every day. Welcome back to another episode of In Systems We Trust. Today I'm talking with Sarah Stockdale. Sarah is the founder and CEO of Grow Class, an online growth marketing training company. She's also the host of The Growth Effect, a podcast in partnership with The Globe and Mail and in partnership with HSBC, and the author of We Need to Talk About This, a popular blog and newsletter for millennial women. Sarah is also a guest tech expert for the CBC and the CTV, and a TEDx speaker. She's a frequent speaker at universities, events, and conferences across North America. Welcome to the show today, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me on. You are very welcome. With an intro like that, I feel like you should just like get right into one of your TED Talks so we can get a nice, get a nice I don't. sample. <laughs> I don't have anything for you today, unfortunately. You don't have I wish prepared. I could be more helpful. Oh man, I think it would make for a much Nothing more inter interesting interview if you could just oh, do that. Um, sorry. <laughs> no, no problem at all. No, I appreciate you taking the time out to come and do this today. So you're currently the founder and CEO at Grow Class. I mean, you're teaching, you're empowering business leaders and marketers to, you know, accelerate their marketing. Can you kind of fill in the blanks? Like what is Grow Class and mm -hmm. what do you do? Yeah, it's it's a, a great question because it um, when you hear online education, there's an immediate cringe factor for a lot of people. So uh, we we do things very differently at Grow Class. So we are um, the kind of nuts and bolts of it are is that we are an online eight week growth marketing training program. So we start you from the very fundamentals: what is growth, how to build out a growth funnel, how to think about experimentation customer psychology and data and analytics. And then we get into the nitty gritty of the tools that you need to execute the growth for your business. Um, through that, we take you through um, with a cohort and incredible community of other founders and marketing leaders um, who become kind of your team and your network that you go through the course with. So I like to say that we're a course and a big ass community. And that's the that's okay. kind of how we're doing it a little bit differently. Okay. And you, you said it's kind of like a cringe worthy thing off the top there. Do you mean the course aspects? What do you mean about by that? Yeah. So I think online education, you, you think of a college professor not knowing how to unmute themselves on Zoom all the way through to, you know, 
marketing bros showing you screenshots of their Shopify account that are doctored to show that they made a ton of money yesterday. So uh, when I like to think about online learning, I just think about how do we create opportunities for people to grow from home and build their network without having to, you know, having to leave their house and go sit in a classroom for three hours on a Monday afternoon. So we're, we're getting away from thinking about it as an online course in the quote unquote kind of teach you how to growth hack your way to posing in front of a Lamborghini type of thing. That's not, that's not really what we're up to. Fair enough. And so, so why marketing? Like, can you give us a bit more information on the background there? Because with everything that you have accomplished, I'm just curious why you've chosen this format um, yeah. you know, the training versus consulting or an agency or, you know, doing anything like that. Why have you chosen this section? And, you know, yeah, again, just fill us in on, on that background a little bit. Yeah, for sure. So I've spent the last 12 years growing early stage startups. So I started at a company called Wave, um, which is now H&R Block. It's been acquired by H&R Block, but I was one of the first hires there. Um, and then I grew out the growth team at Tilt, which was acquired by Airbnb. So I've been doing... Wow growing companies as like the tactical skill set that I've been honing for my career. And I, I honestly, when I was coming up in marketing, it was very lonely. I was one of the only women working at these companies, highly technical, um, highly technical people were there. So I was one of the only engineers, one of the only, one of the only non-engineers, one of the only women. And I didn't have a support system around me to help kind of train and mentor some of those fundamental skills that could help progress my career. So I had to kind of figure that out all on my own. And I think a lot of people are kind of navigating their careers that way. They're kind of, you know, trying to figure it out through Google, trying to find mentorship through asking people to pick their brains, but there isn't really a place that they can go and consistently build themselves up professionally and personally. So it was kind of just this gap that I wanted to fill that I had coming up through marketing and and finding inclusive spaces to learn this stuff is is pretty challenging. It, it's it, you know, it's pretty broy out there. So um, so we wanted like my passion is more on the community side of it mm-hmm. um, and marketing and growth was really the the wedge of like, this is what I can really contribute value. This is the network that I have. This is what I know how to do really well that can be helpful. Um, and it, it was kind of born out of an agency. So I did build when I, uh, when, I'm, when I went out on my own, I was consulting for two years under the name Valkyrie. And it kind of felt like mercenary work. Like you're being hired, okay. to, you know, you're, you're very, you're hired very tactically. And mm-hmm. I, I liked it for a period of time, but I like warrior work a little bit better where you're actually working towards building something that has a lasting impact. I love that. Yeah, I think that, you know, when you're in that agency or consultancy space, you can sometimes be looked at as a button pusher, right? It's mm-hmm. like, do yeah. this, you know, do these tactical things for me, accomplish this task, whereas you took a different approach where you're, you know, um, bringing knowledge and your expertise and training these people in the way that you feel that they should go. So um, I love that. And I know that your instructors that you have teaching these courses and you do a little bit of that as well. I'd love to know more, but mm-hmm. you know, these people are coming from places like um, Shopify and Pinterest and Airbnb. And so um, what does that kind of look like behind the scenes? How much of your time is devoted to teaching currently doing the coaching? Are you relying on your coaches and ultimately what does a typical week look like for you in your role? 
Yeah. Yeah. So um, the way that Grow Class is structured is I teach, there's eight modules. I teach four of them. Um, and then we have four uh people who I kind of consider like my Avengers of marketing, like the people who I would want to hire on my team if I was to raise a bunch of money in the next little while. Um, and because I, I did that because I thought it was only fair to learn from the people that I would want to learn from. So if I wasn't the best person to teach it, who is the best person I could possibly get, both from a technical expertise side, who's, who really knows their stuff and has been doing this a really long time, and who's also a good human that you would want mm -hmm. to learn from, that you'd want to interact with. Um, and all of the content is asynchronous. So we've, it's all, you can take it at your own pace. So I'm not currently live teaching. It's, it's all kind of on your own, on your own time. But then every week we hang out with the students, we have live office hours. So it'll be either right. me or the instructor will be there for you and, in your cohort and answering all of your questions and kind of going through your business with you. And we're also on Slack. So we, we end up doing a lot on Slack with, right. uh, with the students. But yeah, to be honest, I don't have a good typical day, like week in the life kind of thing yeah. because every week is incredibly different. So I have a small team and we're all, we're depending on what phase of growth we're in, whether we're in a cohort and we're working with the students and, and hyper-focused on, on them or we're kind of in a marketing cycle where we're selling the course, opening up enrollment, um, writing sales emails, you know, running paid yeah. media campaigns. Um, so we're kind of always in one of the seasons of growth for the business and experimenting in that in that season. So whether or not that's experimenting with the format of the community and making sure that people are getting everything they want out of the course, um, or experimenting with marketing, which is obviously something that I have a lot yeah. of fun with. Um, and then we're, I'm also, you know, recording the podcast, having great conversations with people like you. Um, I'll, I get up really early in the morning. That's where I get, that's when I get most of my work done is like, I'll get up when yeah. it's nice and quiet and do yeah. a lot of my writing and, and do some of the marketing work. And then I'm in meetings for a lot of the days, either with students or with my team cooking, cooking okay. some stuff up. I'm also, I'm one of those. I really like Peloton. I was like not a convert last year. If you'd asked me last year, I would have like laughed at myself now because I thought that I that, almost wish you didn't say oh, that. I feel like you you automatically like me less now, but uh, it's it's oh, we do what we need to in quarantine to get yes, through it. You absolutely so. do. I remember when quarantine first started, I went and got myself a, a stationary bike. It was like three days before lockdown. I drove like That's out of so town smart. to go pick one up. And then I brought it home and it's, it was my basement. And I downloaded the Peloton app. I'm like, there's no way that I'm getting a Peloton bike and doing this. And I loved it. I mean, the courses were great. They're super energetic. Um, but I mean, ask when the last time I was on my bike was. Um, anyways. <laughs> I want to know what is early for you. You said you get up in the morning. Are you like a five a.m. club person? Are you are you getting started that early? Okay. I used to be. So I think before lockdown, I was in like the five thirty a.m. bucket. Yeah. With lockdown, for some reason, I find, and I don't know if you're finding this too in quarantine. Like, I need more sleep. Just I think because we're all processing more oh, yeah. right yeah. now. So it's closer to like six 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 thirty ish now. Okay. Um, right on giving some extra buffer time just for a pandemic burnout. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a real thing. 
Yeah. Okay. Um, getting back here. So what does the evolution of, of Grow Class look like? How long has it been live? Um, you know, you said you're, you know, in phases, you know, through cohorts right now. So can you kind of mm-hmm. talk about like conception to where it's at right now and what that's looked like as far as evolving your processes, growing your team? I'd love to hear about, you know, kind of that beginning to where we're at now. Yeah. So we we built Grow Class the same way we teach people to build companies in, in mm-hmm. Grow Class. It started out as an experiment. So we were fully kind of quite busy with consulting clients, but really wanting to move into kind of the next evolution of where we wanted the company to go. We put up a really ugly Squarespace site, like a really ugly Squarespace site, still under the old consultancy name, describing what at the time was a six week in-person program in Toronto. And just kind of tested it. We had a really small email list of, clients because we had mostly been like b2b um through network uh so we hadn't really been doing any marketing for the company we had a super small email list sent it out to them i tweeted about it four times in the course filled um so we we saw that signal right away um that okay this is there's demand here this is something that people are looking for and we didn't expect that kind of response i think we got like 100 applications in the first like 24 hours um, wow. with no marketing, like no brand awareness. Like people were just hungry for for this kind of education and there wasn't a yeah. lot in the market at the time, especially in Toronto. So we hosted the first three cohorts live. We had them, uh, we did a couple in classroom space that we rented and then we did one at Shopify. And uh, so we were like lugging suitcases through the snow, <laughs> like like 6.30 in the morning on Wednesday mornings um, and, and teaching and teaching live with all of our instructors. So we tested all the content with uh, live cohorts and did that knowing full well that we were going to build the course online, but not wanting to build the wrong course. So we wanted to do a lot of that testing and get a lot of feedback from students in those early days. And so we spent a lot of our time talking to people and figuring out what are what are the most important elements of the, the technical education and also the experience for them? Right. And then figuring out how do we transfer what we've learned from in person into an online program. So we built, we actually started building Grow Class. We had a makeup artist, hairdresser, our instructors, our course producer. We had a whole studio set um, booked and then COVID hit. So we built it. <laughs> rebranded, built an entirely new website, built an entire new product in March, April. So um, instead of the big studio setup, it was me and one videographer, both wearing masks, like very, very far apart, getting everything done before we went to full lockdown. Wow. What a journey to get to where you're at right (laughs) now. And And I love hearing those. Everything's going amazing. We're doing all these things. And then COVID hit, right? Yeah. Um, but obviously it hasn't stopped you. Um, I, I must say, like, I'm, we're talking offline a bit about your website and I know you're using Webflow for that, but like everything from like your online presence to, you know, social media, how you're managing that. You have your own podcast. If you're not listening to The Growth Effect, go and subscribe right now. Um, pause this one, come back and, <laughs> and follow along because it's it's fantastic content, right? But um, 
from your platforms, what you're doing online, like it, it all feels really systematized, right? And so obviously mm-hmm. you're not doing this on your own. Can you talk about, you know, what the structure of the company looks like, your team, um, and, you know, how do you use systems in, in your day-to-day to help support your team and vice versa? Yeah, so this this might be surprising, but we've been a team of two up until recently. So it was myself and uh, Bella Francis, who is our growth manager. Her and I built it. So we have a videographer, Taylin, and a course producer who helped us in the early days getting everything done. But really, Belle and I built the business for the first year. Recently, we brought on um, someone to manage business development and sales on more of the BD side. Um, and an intern, Hannah, just joined on Monday to yeah. to kind of help us with social and community. But to be honest, the team's been two of us um, from day one. And we, we do a lot of kind of... I always like to say, like, we want to look like Goliath, but we are set up like David. (laughs) Like we, uh, we're very, very lean. We lean heavily on automation. Um, and a lot of the, a lot of the kind of things that you'll see with social and community, that's where we sink a lot of our time into. So we want to have authentic interactions with as many people as possible. And therefore Mm -hmm. we're automating as much as we possibly can on the marketing side. So if you join grow class, all, all of those processes, we've set everything up with Zapier. Everything will fire. It'll send us a Slack message and let us know. Um, and then we are personally welcoming in, you into the community. None of that is automated. But making yeah. sure that you get everything you need and that we're sending you a curated Spotify playlist every week and we're sending you coffee pairings and a suggested schedule wow. and inviting you to webinars, like all of that is, is very much um, leveraging a lot of marketing automation tools like Zapier and Autopilot to okay. to free up our time to do the community stuff. Amazing. And so um, when you're doing those emails, obviously you're segmenting your people. Like just to hear that you're saying personalized um, Spotify playlists is incredible. But, um, you know, can you talk more about the tech? Because this is where I, I would love to go and just geek out for a minute, right? Because yeah. I, I see you're using proof on your website. Like yeah. your video shows the kind of process for when someone does subscribe, they get the welcome email, they get the calendars. And so... Um, can you talk about the tech and then I have just a follow up to that as well. So what does that stack yeah. look like to keep everything running? So I would say like my, our, the tech stack we use and kind of my personal, um, tech stack with everything going on with, um, with grow class. So we use Kajabi. Um, that is our course, course management system. We had someone reach out the other day and ask if we need dev help. And I was like, we are the developers for this. We yeah. <laughs> no code tools for the win. Um, so the course is built on Kajabi. A lot of a lot of what we do is held together with Zapier. So a lot of our automations okay. are held together with Zapier. Autopilot, in my opinion, favorite email service provider I've ever had the opportunity to use. Tons and tons okay. of automation um, capabilities. So we leverage um, that for all of our both sales and um, transactional emails. Um, we use Slack a lot with our community. That's what, that's where a lot of our community lives. Um, little, like a lot of like little experimentation stuff, right? Like Hotjar, making sure that our site we're, you know, heat mapping folks and making sure that people are, are completing their goals or the goals that we would have for them on the site. Um, we use Zendesk chat. We've tried a whole bunch of things. We've experimented with Facebook messenger for the last couple of weeks. Didn't love the experience of that. So went back to Zendesk. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and and yeah, like get proof. Like we have a, a whole bunch of little tools that we're consistently experimenting. I'm experimenting with Loom right now, so doing some video email. Yeah. Um, video email stuff. Um, I'm trying to think of what else we use. Yeah, we if, if there's a specific kind of part of the tech stack you're curious about, I'm happy to dig into it a little bit more. Um, but a, a, yeah, a lot of it is we've set up everything to kind of automate itself. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm curious about what happens kind of behind the scenes. I was going to ask if you yeah. have kind of a project manager, but I assume you're you're moving a lot of the projects through. So like, yeah. let's talk about creating the course for a minute, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what does your project management look like? How are you keeping everything on track? How are you managing the team? Yeah. Because I know that at the time it was the two of you. You're now experiencing growth. So I'd love to know what did it look like as you were creating it? And what are you doing right now to manage those projects, those processes? Are you doing any kind of automated onboarding for your team or your contractors? Yeah. Walk yeah. me through that whole um, the, the process and how that changed over time. Yeah, so we, we, we live and die by Asana. So for, for mm. everything to do with the course, um, down to the very nuts and bolts and details, we had our course producer in there basically giving us our project milestones. She kind of acted as our project manager um, okay. for the course because we were you know curating <laughs> a whole bunch of content, a whole bunch of instructors in the middle of the very early stages of the pandemic. So we needed to be really on top of each kind of moving part. Yeah. And the the thing that I struggle with with online courses a lot, especially ones by growth marketers, <laughs> is there, yeah. the, you know, people are like, this is going to be a passive income project. I'm going to throw a bunch of stuff in a Google Doc and there you go. And right. we really wanted to have uh, something that felt like the brand all the way through our decks are highly designed we have little gifts that come in and animate as you're watching mm-hmm. things like we really wanted those details to be part of it because they make the learning experience great that requires a lot of project management just yeah. like making sure that all of those details happen um little things like if if anyone if any instructor said hey guys we would get rid of that because we were trying to keep everything very inclusive so really yeah. going through and and checking all of our our videos for any you know any weird little <laughs> any weird little verbal tick or slip up um yeah. so we used asana but we had um monday morning stand-ups with the entire team and then friday afternoon check-ins uh with a lot of conversations in between and um and each module had its own board that was broken down by each individual deck And each deck was there with the accompanying audio so that our videographer had kind of everything lined up. We realized early, early, early there was going to be so much content. Um, There's a little over 75 videos. There's like 50 downloadables, like just in terms of the amount of stuff that we'd have to project manage. um, We we had to be incredibly on top of making sure that the content got edited in the right order and that nothing got missed. Okay. Have you noticed any kind of roadblocks or hiccups as you've experienced this growth just quickly? Yeah, I think like the one thing that I think about a lot of the time is scaling community. Like that part Mm -hmm. is really easy. At least like it's fun and easy when it's a small group of people to help them network and build relationships and connections to each other. When you start to add hundreds of people per cohort, that's when, you know, the ease of those high touch relationships 
um, goes away and you actually have to work at, okay, what are the systems that we're going to use to make sure that people can, you know, get into a support group that we can match people with, you know, other people who are like them or have, have skills that are complementary to their goals. How are we going to do that at scale? And to be honest with you, we're still working that out. A lot of it is still a little bit manual at this point. Yeah. And it's going to be our big challenge for 2021 is we don't want to lose the warmth of the community mm -hmm. as right. we scale out. So that's going to require okay. quite a lot of project management. Did you feel for the most part, though, that you were almost prepared for that? It seems like you've been really like methodical about how this all goes together, staying lean for as long as you could, growing sustainably, right? And so when it comes to those systems and growing like there is you know this knowledge that owners have right because in the beginning you know michael gerber says you know you're doing it doing it doing it and then you have to pass yeah. it off to somebody else right and so did you feel prepared for that did you feel like you were you had the proper systems in place and if not like what does that felt like how are you documenting those processes yeah. is it now a team thing is it you spending that time and breaking it down and saying, here you go, now it's yours? Tell me more. Honestly, it's something that we've we've recently started thinking about a lot more because for a period of time, it was Bella and I, and we kind of had this shared brain and we knew where everything was and we knew you know, mm. how, how we'd want to do specific things for the brand as even just bringing on our new intern, we realized how much of that was locked in our own brains. And we hadn't done a really great job of documentation. So our entire week last week was just organizing mm. our Google Drive and trying to get as much of the institutional information about what's going on out of our brains and into somewhere <laughs> where someone could read it. Um, yeah. We'll still spend tons of time with new hires uh, because so much of it is still locked up inside of our, inside of our yeah. brains. But um, even just like there are hundreds of decks associated with grow class so just having mm -hmm. them all and and many versions of those decks that have been edited over time by our videographer and by us so just having all of the content organized in one place is something that we just we did last week because okay. we there wasn't one place to go get everything um, and you said that that lives in google drive right now or is that in asana uh, shared google drive okay very cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. I got, yeah, kind of giddy when you said that. Like, number one, like, I love that you guys use Asana. That's great. That's our bread and butter at Ditto. Um, but when you said organizing the Google Drive, that's like something that I do on the weekends just for fun. You know, like, there's this. this we are like... very different. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like, I wish. I, I just love doing it. Like, every couple months, we'll go through and you kind of look through files and you think, do I need this anymore? When's the last time anyone looked at this? Does it need to be updated? Is this even relevant anymore? Trash. I get joy from just like throwing it in the trash, reorganizing, creating folders within folders. Okay, do you want to be on our team? We <laughs> Let's do it. Let's talk. Yeah, why not? It's, uh, no, that's definitely somewhere that I, I struggle with because I'm a little bit on, I'm on like the neurodivergent spectrum and mm. the details I find uh, I need a lot of personal processes and systems in order to be able to pick up on little Got things it. like having documentation for everything. It's just something that my brain doesn't care about unless I force it to. Right. Okay. Um, I'm going to challenge you with something because like yeah. a lot of what we do is like 
yeah, Google Drive and Dropbox, they're great places to store that information. But one of the things that we find when we go in and talk to clients is that, you know, the onboarding process, there are breakdowns where there's a separation mm -hmm. from and even project based stuff. There's separation from the projects and what's happening um, and where the knowledge lives. So there, there always comes the question of how do I do that thing? Where do I find that? you know, piece of information. And so it's yeah. like centralizing it all in one place. And for us, that's Asana. So the work is not only actionable through templates and through processes, but if we're not sure how to do something, it's right there for us as well. So I, I would challenge you in like into looking into that. I mean, it's yeah. probably not going to be you doing it, but um, <laughs> it's really, really helped. And just on that, I mean, there is always this in-between whether it's, where's that file? What's the due date? Um, what's the status on this? You know, we, we had a meeting this morning and we all said we were going to do all of these things and then we walk away and everyone forgot and then it's the <laughs> next day. And so like we call that work about work, you know, mm, air quotes, yeah, right? And so there's all this in-between stuff that's taking away from the actual time that, you know, we have in our day to do real skilled work. The work yeah. that in your case, your students are paying for, you know, that coaching or um, yeah. in the agency side, there's the clients that are paying for a result. And so how would you define work about work in your space? And what are you actively doing to alleviate that? Yeah, I think like, I love, I love how you kind of contextualized work about work, because I find that that's the, those are the things that I struggle with the most when it comes and like I'm also thinking about this from a small business owner perspective so yeah one of the things when I first started consulting that I would think to myself is like why doesn't everyone do this like why doesn't everyone work for themselves like I, I get to you know I get to set my hours <laughs> I get like why wouldn't everyone yeah. want this life if there's so much more flexibility to it and then you get into actually running a small business and you know, thinking through accounting and tax time and, you know, payroll yeah. and making sure that all of the systems and processes that you have no interest in doing, yeah. like no, no one wakes up and is like, you know, what I want to do is like set up payroll. Um, yeah. Those are all of, you know, that takes up a good chunk of your brain as a small business owner. And yeah. so the way that I kind of think about things is if I dread it, I'm going to hire it out. Like if it's something that I know I'm going to ignore and it's fundamentally important to the business, I'm going to hire someone who's better at that than I am. So we have an accounting team yeah. that that takes care of some of those uh, some of those thornier things that need to happen that I know I will avoid as a business owner. So I think knowing my strengths and weaknesses um, as a founder and then putting systems and processes in place to to kind of you know, pad those areas that I might not be as good at um, yeah. and hiring for some of those um, those weaknesses, like making sure yeah. that you're bringing people on who are not carbon copies of your skills and, and strengths that are going to be, uh, that are going to push and be, I can already tell our new intern handler is like super detail oriented. Like she'll pick out like commas that are in the wrong place and stuff. And I'm like that a lot with writing, but when it comes to like in product, sometimes I'll miss those things. So Right. Um, you know, I think about work about work is like, what, 
What are the things that I can automate from a marketing perspective that I can know when I'm sleeping are happening? So when you, you know, when you sign up to learn more on Grow Class, I know that you're going to get a series of emails. And I know if you visit the pricing page, you're going to get this one. Like I know what that funnel looks like and I can optimize for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's, uh, then it's the other kind of admin side of the business, how to make sure all of those things get done. And it doesn't eat into my time creatively as a founder to do the things that I actually am interested in and frankly not at, like better at than I am at the at the work stuff. I think yeah, you've definitely unlocked the the secret there to being a successful entrepreneur. And I think that's it, right? Why doesn't everyone do this? I think it's not mm-hmm. everyone is able to do it. Not is not everyone is able to think that way but like i'm curious like with someone like hannah and you're passing off all these other things that you know you're not doing anymore are you then relying on those team members with those specific different disciplines to document those processes is that part of the the creation and the improvement of your systems or are you actually relying on them to do those things yeah yeah i've okay. i'm very lucky with who we've brought onto our team so um in anticipation of bringing on we've got two interns joining one of them joined already this week um bella who helped me build grow class has been incredible at documenting these processes not only from the standpoint of here's where you can find everything but here's how you how you should think about these things mm. here are common things that come up as problems and here's how we've solved them in the past successfully um, when it comes to growth marketing, we're, we're very intentional about teaching people how to design experiments that are rooted in data and that also attach learnings to them. We have a framework called learn, validate, share, and the share piece is what every single company fails to do. So how are yeah. you documenting, um, the data you got back, the customer feedback you got back, the insights you got back from every experiment you run in marketing And how are you not only sharing that internally with your marketing team, but how are you making sure that gets over to product, gets over to support? Um, How are you making sure that gets in front of engineering? Like, how are you actually building um, experiment documentation systems so that your entire company can learn from the things that you're working on? That's beautiful. Yeah, we just, there's this methodology, yeah, around like involving the team. And, you know, one of our um, developers, I, th- I think I talked about it on, on an earlier episode, but she asked us these two questions that I have it on my whiteboard. I think about it all of the time and we're constantly like talking to our team about this and it goes like this. Am I the only person who knows this information and ah. would others benefit from this information? And I just think- I love that. It's so simple and it's so good. And so I've really like um, reduced that down to, you know, three things, right? Like we have this knowledge, we all have it in us don't wait. And so if you have an idea or if you think of a way to um, update a process to improve it, to make it better, it's it's three steps. It's document, present, implement, right? Mm-hmm. Like don't wait for permission, like take it, do the thing, share the knowledge with the team and make sure that it happens yeah. and the knowledge goes to, you know, kind of sit where, where, where it needs to be and where it's accessible. So. And it, um, it, it helps your, your, you know, your entire company benefits from that. I always found when I was working at SaaS startups, it would be much more impactful to tell an engineer verbatim what a customer said than for me to try to convince them to do that same thing. Right. Um, you know, sharing across that feedback um, that you get from customers and even just like being close to the customer on the marketing side 
Um, I talk about bus people in the course a little bit. Like if they were to be hit by a bus, what would happen to your company? Uh, Um, not that we really want to think about people getting hit by buses and not that that's going to happen, but, um, it's it's the most common analogy though. Yeah. Yeah. If that person could no longer be part of your team, what would go missing as a result of that? And a lot of the time at early stage startups, people intentionally become bus people because there's a lot of um, volatility and they want to be needed in the company. And a lot of the time there's mm. broken leadership structures and people don't get great feedback. So they don't know if they're sure. doing a good job. So as a result of that, they hoard information in order to be valuable. And I think that's there's a fundamental breakdown in, in leadership and in communication when people start to feel like they need to do that for job security. Um, so we're constantly coaching kind of founders away from, you know, the the siloing of early stage employees and giving good feedback so that people feel validated so that they feel like they can share and that they're not in competition with their colleagues. That's it. Yeah. And so like, that was going to be my next question is like, what do you think that owners of organizations aren't considering when it Mm -hmm. comes to running businesses or processes, whatever it may be? Like, is that it for you? Is that what you see a lot of? And like, is there anything else that you think that these people in leadership are not considering? Like what are the effects or the impacts, I guess, if you can answer that, of not documenting, of not doing the processes, of continuing to be that bus person? Love the analogy, by the way. Yeah, Yeah, I I think from, there's kind of two, two lenses to think about this, right? There's the process side that is just fundamentally, there are people with more information about your business than you have. You Mm -hmm. need to unlock that information in a way that you can consume it and that it can be shared across your team. That just makes good logical sense of that you should be processing that, that information and keeping it somewhere. The other side is like, how are you fundamentally thinking about leadership? Are you thinking about leadership in a way that is going to enable your employees to feel like they can share the things that they've mm-hmm. learned um, and that they can come to the team with challenges or questions and that those things are going to be kind of greeted with open arms and that curiosity is going to be kind of honored in those people. Um, and, and that, um, you're not creating a culture of competition because I, I still remember like back to early, early days in my tech career, we hired a guy, um, and my boss, I was, I was so young and so dumb and so like high hardcore tech startup person. And we were talking, I was talking to my boss and I was kind of complaining that this person was not working fast enough. And he said, okay, we'll help him like be, be part of the solution to this problem. Mm. And my knee jerk reaction to that was, well, why would I help him? Because like, I want the promotion. I want that was very like myopic and selfish in my thinking because Mm. that competition in a way had been fostered. And because that camaraderie of share information with your team, you know, all boats rise, that Mm. culture hadn't been established yet because we were so small. Um, so I think when like leaders should be thinking about how do you make people feel like, you know, if they, if they're working as a team that everyone's going to be rewarded for that and that they don't have to kind of keep all their knowledge and gifts inside of them. That is so well said. Thank you so much for that. Um, where can people catch up with you, Sarah? I know like if you go to growclass.co, you can learn all about, um, Sarah's program, eight week program. Um, find out everything there. But where else are you hanging out online? Where can people connect with you? Yeah, I, to be honest, I'm a Twitter addict. I hang out on Twitter a lot. So I'm at, at right. SK Stock. 
and I'm at SK Stockdale on Instagram. I'm I'm on Clubhouse. I haven't I don't know oh. how I feel about people podcasting. What do you, how do you what do you think about Clubhouse? Oh man. How much more time do we have? <laughs> Um, I really like it. I really like it. And so I've been in a few rooms. I got on the stage one time. I'm waiting for them to, you know, do this whole FOMO, you know, kind of model because I want to get my own like club. I'd love to get on and talk about Asana and systems and have a club around that. Um, I think they're missing out on not being able to capitalize on like post-production I think yeah. at minimum, we should be able to record them, right? And like yeah. repurpose that content and bring more people onto the platform. Um, but I feel like there's a lot happening there. There's a lot of, you know, gurus <laughs> that are popping up on there. Yeah. Um, have a lot to say. And so, I don't know, like there's there's a lot of good. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of good. Okay. I'm not sure how I feel about it yet. I, I don't feel like I have the time or like mental space to be on another platform and contribute yeah. in the ways that you need to. Um, and so, I don't know, I think it's still really new. It's a really great model. I think they've done a good job. What are your thoughts though? I So full disclosure, I've only been on yeah. a couple of times. Like I've jumped into a couple of rooms. I got an invitation to it like a long time ago. So every time I go in, I have like 400 notifications, which I find overwhelming because I just don't, sure. again, don't, same as you, like don't have the mental space for just more stuff. Yeah. Um, I also agree about the post-production. Sometimes I feel like, yeah. you know, you're listening to an unstructured podcast of people who aren't podcasters. So they're just talking yeah. over each other and like, it's hard to find where the good information is there. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm curious. I like the idea. I always go to like, how is this going to be? Um, you know, how are people being protected? How is the space going to be safe? Um, as you know, someone who gets trolled on Twitter <laughs> pretty often, yeah. I'm like, sure. am I going to be trolled verbally? Like what's going to happen in this platform? So, um, yeah, I've got kind of questions about, about safety and community. And also I, I just, yeah, I don't know if I have the time to just sit and, and listen and hope for, for gems, but I'm going to keep giving it a chance. I'm I'm curious. Good. Well, yeah, let's definitely connect there because I'll, I'll pop in, you know, kind of seldomly. But I, I think, and this is the last point, that like during the day is when I really have any chance to really listen. But yeah. during the day, we're working, right? And so yeah. it's like, I need that time to focus. <laughs> I can't have people blabbing. Anyways, there's lots of great stuff in there. Let's definitely connect. Um, thank mm-hmm. you so much, Sarah. I know you're super busy, so I really appreciate you taking the time to be here oh, today. Thank you so much for having me. It was so great All to right. chat with you. Good. I'm glad. All right. We'll talk soon. Yeah. Take care. Bye. If you like what you heard today, please like, subscribe, and follow on your preferred channel. If you know of a friend or colleague that would benefit from hearing this conversation, please share it with them so that we can reach more listeners just like you. As always, all the links from today's talk will be in the show notes. And remember, if it isn't documented, it didn't happen. We'll see you next time.